Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. My name is Tony Roy. I hope you're all doing well out there. This week we are wrapping our last camp here in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. I'm here with my partner CJ Johnson. We have our third camp of three, so it's going to be uh, should be a lot of fun today to get out on the courts and uh, work with uh, some players who are definitely interested in improving their pickleball game, and that is our job as their instructors and coaches. And that's frankly what CJ and I dedicate ourselves to in our entirety, including the summit coming up and everything else we do is aimed at bringing you the best in pickleball content, including this podcast and the YouTube channels and everything else. Um, This week's podcast, I think you're going to really enjoy it. We're going to be talking about, you know, sometimes we kind of feel a little bit lost out there, right? Maybe a little bit lost out in the, in the forest walking around and we don't really know which way to go, which way the compass points. And I got an email uh, from a gentleman named Dave, uh, David, and I will, uh, uh, read that to you, and then we're going to talk about it in the main section. And then in the riff, I want to talk about targeting, you know, where you target a particular player in, game, in match play and uh, talk about maybe when it's the right thing to do and maybe when it should be reconsidered. So that's this week's podcast. As we get into the podcast, I want to remind you that we have the Pickleball Summit coming up uh, at the end of June. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's some really, really, really strong presentations in this year's summit. Every year has strong presentations, and this year is no exception to that. Uh, you know, sometimes you go into a presentation expecting something, and you get something that is way stronger than what you expected, as good as you may have thought the original was going to be. I uh, can't recommend the summit enough to you. Uh, if you register for the summit, it's free. It's online. You can check it out at home. Uh, we did a little kind of a skit on it recent, uh, yesterday. We were filming some stuff, and we were like, you can even watch it on the pickleball court if you want to. You can watch it wherever you want. Um, it is free to attend during the days of the summit. So all the presentations are included. You can watch them day of summit. You also get in, there's a really cool, uh, prize, uh, grand prize that, uh, our, our uh, summit team put together for it. It's, uh, valued at something like almost 3000, like $2,700. Obviously those rules apply, no purchase necessary, void were prohibited, all that kind of language, but it's a lot of fun, you know, check it out. And, um, uh, you know, the other thing about it is, you know, if you do want to get the most out of it, there's an all access pass. Highly recommend you check that out. Uh, There is a cost associated with it, with the all-access pass, not with attending the summit, because I hate to tell you, there are costs associated with doing the work that we do, you know, storing the information and having it available to you and things like that. So uh, there is a cost associated with the all-access pass if you want that, but there's absolutely no reason not to at least attend one presentation at the summit. I guarantee you there's at least one presentation that you're going to look at in the playbook and go, huh, I need to be there. So check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get your ticket for this year. All right, let's jump into Dave's email. So this is the email he sent me. I'm reading it word for word, and he agreed to uh, let us share this. We always check before we share this information. If you send it to us in an email, if you post it publicly, you know we may use it without asking because you already posted it publicly. But when you send us an email like this, and it was in response to last year's uh, last year last week's podcast where I talked about the pickleball therapist idea. If you haven't heard that podcast yet, check it out and let us know what you think about the therapist idea. You can send us an email either at therapy at betterpickleball.com or pickleballtherapy at betterpickleball.com. I almost forgot. I almost did it, right? My name is Tony Roig. I'm your host uh, for the podcast. So uh, I'm a senior pro player and a master teacher professional. I don't think I said that earlier, and I promise you I'd say it from now on. So anyway, but Dave sent us this email. So I checked with Dave to, to ask him, you know, I, I said a lot of players out there probably feel this way from time to time. Do you mind if I share it? And he said, that'd be great if you want to share it. And then we're going to talk about it. So here's the email. Playing now for a year conservatively 3.0 struggling with where I want to go tell me that doesn't resonate right versus where my closer friends are going that also may resonate with you have not played tournaments a bit scared 
I like to win and play to win. Does that resonate with you? Again, these, does that resonate with you or my, my commentaries, right? Um, mostly scared of letting my partner down. I'm a nice guy on court. If a partner faults, I say positive things. In order of priorities, I'd go fun, challenge, social, exercise, competition. This is me talking. I bet a lot of you out there, that's similar to your list, may change a little bit the order and may not have all of them or may have other things on there, but it resonates with a lot of you out there. And then he says, here's the key. So I'm very conflicted. If I go to play, the whole winning aspect gets in my head and my play suffers. Sometimes I'll sit out due to this. And that's the saddest part of this kind of story, right? Not just Dave's, anybody's story when you're actually not playing because of this conflict that you're feeling. Then he says, I like the quote therapy, close quote idea, because I think this may be the key to happiness in pickleball. And then he signs it, lost Dave. So I'm going to unpack that. We're going to talk about it a little bit in terms of how to deal with it when you're feeling lost out there. And even if you're not feeling completely lost, there are times that you'd feel a little bit maybe like miffed or not happy with yourself and or the game you're playing. So we're going to deal with it in, in today's podcast. And I'll give you some suggestions on how you can maybe reframe what you're going through and, and perhaps feel a little differently about the way you're playing pickleball and about your, your relationship with the sport in general, not just each time you play, because it'll all, it'll all percolate through. Um, one of the things that was, it was, uh, I thought was interesting was I, so I asked uh, Dave whether we could share this and he said, sure. In the email. And then he said something like, you know, that he, he was happy he stuck with the podcast. Cause when he first heard the podcast, he was like, all right, get to the point. But then he's happy that he stuck, stuck with it. And I'm going to tell you, that's part of this, right? Sticking with the process is important. There may be times on this podcast where you might think I'm kind of droning on a little bit or rambling on a little bit might happen. Uh, you know, this podcast comes from the heart and I'm, I'm flowing with what I'm with what I'm I'm thinking as I'm I'm chatting with you about different subjects, right? Uh, and you know sometimes it may seem like I'm a little bit off point, but I will generally speak and come back to the point. And I hope that you're getting something out of the podcast at the end of the day, right? So give the process a chance. You know, give yourself some calmness and some relaxation when you're listening to this. Um, get yourself in the right frame of mind when you're listening to our podcast, and it'll really help you process the information. All right, let's talk a little bit about about. Uh, let's dive into some some things that that Dave mentioned and some things that we can maybe work on to uh, to improve our relationship and not to feel lost and not to feel frustrated or confused and things like that. One of the things is the the big picture item I'm gonna I'm, I want to leave you with in this is perspective. I want you to understand that you 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 really have to start from a from a point of a different perspective than the one that perhaps you're used to. And this is not a criticism of anybody. And I've been in the same boat. You know, I, I used to play tennis and in tennis, I used to throw my racket and pick, you know, I smashed rackets as a young player. Um, I don't remember smashing them as an, as an adult, but maybe I did. I, you know, somebody, somebody will reach out and say, Hey, I remember when you smashed the racket, I guess. Um, and paddles, I've thrown paddles, you know, I've been pissed off. I've chucked paddles. I've, you know, I've cursed, I've done all sorts of things on a pickleball court and it's perfectly normal to feel that way. And here, I'm going to give my theory on what's happening. This is uh, my informed but not formally educated theory on this process. What's happening to you is it's your lizard brain that's taken over. And if you think about it, 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 it'll make sense in a second, right? This is where I may go a little bit on a tangent. You're like, lizard brain, maybe I need to sign off. But I think it'll make sense once you see how it all comes together. So, you know, if you, if you go back in time, right, uh, from an evolutionary standpoint, we need it to be the ones to get the acorn or get the food, right? The fruit or the vegetable, right? And it was a contest. If we got it, we survived. 
if the squirrel or the other animal or the other human or whatever got the acorn or the, or the thing that we intended to use as our sustenance, then we died, literally. We starved during the winter. And so there was a very a hardwired part of our brain, reptilian brain or lizard brain, that basically is wired to help us survive. And nowadays, obviously, you know, wherever you live, whatever, my grocery store is Publix in Florida. So that's where we go, you know, normally. So, you know, I can go to Publix and get anything I want to eat. I can eat, overeat. I can, I'm not worried about food, right? Uh, and wherever you're at, you have the same situation probably. And so that part of our brain is still there, though, but it doesn't have to fight for food anymore. So what do we replace it with? Replace it with things like pickleball, you know, with winning a game, uh, you know, and, and, and it's, it, what happens is the game becomes more important than it probably should be. And listen, I'm not trying to suggest to you that pickleball is not important. I want it to be important to you. Uh, Billie, Jean, Billie Jean King said that the fact that you feel pressure means you care, right? So when she was playing, you know, she embraced the pressure because she, she said, you know what? That pressure means that I care about what I'm doing. And that's perfectly fine. There's a line though, between feeling like caring about what you're doing and having it so dominate your mind, so dominate your, your feelings that you feel like Dave does here, you know, where he's feeling like, you know, I basically, I'm going to sit out right now because I'm so upset about whatever's happening right now that I can't even play the game. Right. And again, not a criticism of Dave or anybody else who feels this way. It's, it's natural, but if you understand it, right, that what's going on with you is, is a little bit of a, you know, lizard brain mentality. Right. And again, not a criticism saying it that way, but because I've had it too, that you're, you know, I need to win the game or else what, right? And so you start filling that in with maybe a more positive a way of looking at it. And I'm going to give you a couple of different ways of, of processing it more positively in a second. But first is understanding what's going on, what's happening to you when you're feeling the way you're feeling about what at the end of the day is still a game, a game played with a plastic paddle and a plastic ball on a court with friends, right? That's a really important thing to under, remember is that you're playing, normally you're playing with friends, um, sometimes really good friends, close friends, sometimes with acquaintance type friends, but nonetheless, they are friends. And if you're not playing with friends, that's a, a whole other thing you need to, you need to analyze. Cause I'll tell you this. Um, I, um, I might not play as much as I used to. And it's not because there's not friends who are present there. It's because sometimes the vibe gets weird on some, you know, some courts, some groups, some facilities, and, um, just not my thing to go into a weird vibe situation. I'll address it on a different podcast, but anyway, but remember if you're going there, you're going there voluntarily to engage in an activity uh, get some of the things like Dave mentioned about, you know, fun and a, a challenge and socializing and things like that. So there's this positive stuff you're getting as part of this, as part of this dance, right? Part of this, not part of part of this exchange that you're doing. And what I would suggest to you is if you have a, a metric that's yours, right? And we call these useful, actionable metrics inside the pickleball system. If you're a system member, you've heard this from us and I'm repeating it here to you because it's important to remember if you're not a system member, um, I would say, what are you waiting for? But that's not the point of today's podcast. But you know, but if you're not a system member, this may be new to you. But the idea is, is don't winning, winning and losing is a terrible metric. And I know we have an episode on this. I don't have the, the number at my hand right now. But winning and losing as a metric is not helpful at all. And a better metric is what you come to play for. Did you come to see your friends? Did you come to get exercise? As long as you're getting those things, you're getting what you came for. And if you can reframe your your mind about, hey, wait a minute, you know what? I got to see Steve or or, or, or Jane or whoever today, great. Then you got what you came for and everything should be good. And the winning or losing takes a back seat. The other thing I'm going to suggest to you is that if you want to reframe your, your relationship with pickleball, um, 
it, 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 you should apply, you should work on it a little bit. There's no reason to expect that you will just inherently know how to deal with uh, pickleball. In other words, that you will inherently know how to handle uh, the stresses of engaging in this activity. Um, and so putting in some work is really going to pay off for you in terms of uh, improving your relationship with pickleball. And I want to address this as well because, and Dave mentioned it in his, in his email, he says, the whole winning aspect gets in my head and my play suffers. That's going to happen to you. If you're having, if you're having negative thoughts, if you're having, you know, the lizard brain taken over and, and screaming bloody murder because you, you know, you didn't win the last game, what will happen is you'll actually play worse. So this work is not just, it's touchy feely and, and that's positive in and of itself to get the goodness out of it of just feeling better, but you're actually going to play better. So there's a practical aspect to it. So what kind of work can you do? listening to this podcast is is a good way of doing it, right? We have, I think right now we have 100, actually, I know we have 144 episodes with this one. There's a lot of content out there. Go back, listen to old episodes. These are not, the Pickle Paul Therapy podcasts are not um, um, uh, time sensitive, right? So they're not basically like a podcast that talks about the next tournament coming up or whatever, uh, or the latest thing that happened in Pickleball. It's all about therapy in your mind. So you can go back and listen to the bowl of ice cream episode. You can listen to the winning and losing metric episode. You can listen to the interview with coach Pete scales, which is very early in our podcast. Um, I think it's five episodes starting at episode nine. Um, so you can, there's a lot of material here that you're welcome to listen to. And when you listen to an episode, there's nothing saying you can't listen to it again, if it's going to help you. So that's some work you can do. Another thing I can recommend a great place to start is coach Pete's book. It's called the, um, a mental and emotional training for tennis. You can forget about the for tennis part because it applies equally to pickleball. Compete, learn, honor. The compete, learn, honor is really important because that's the framework that he uses. It's just a great place to start with your journey, uh, your journey on mental training, mental improvement. And I'm going to suggest to you three things. One, it'll help you feel better about pickleball. Two, you're going to play better, as I mentioned before. And three, it'll help you with life. You will be better at dealing with road rage, dealing with all sorts of life issues. You know, the person in front of you at the checkout line at the grocery store that you're just like, oh my God, I need to get out of here. You just be much more relaxed because you're going to be understanding and more empathetic. You're going to be much more understanding because you have the tools that are helpful to you. Um, and then, you know, as I said, when you, when you go out to play, remember why you came to play, right? Why did you come out to play today? And you know, you're going to give your everything on the court. You're going to fight. You're going to give everything you can on the court. But the winning and losing is not why you're there. The winning and losing is, is a corollary. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's how we basically score the games. But you came there to do something else. Socialize, have fun, get exercise, whatever it is. And the other thing I want you to remember is, and this is part reading Coach Pete's book will help you with this as well, is that when you're out there giving your all, there are your partner, hopefully as well. And, but there's definitely two players on the other side that are doing what they're giving their all as well. Right. And what you want to learn to do is you want to learn to celebrate, not just your victories, celebrate their victories as well. And I'm going to give you a word of the week. And this was a great suggestion by a fellow therapist, Kay, really appreciate it, Kay. Um, and, and her suggestion was, you know what, what if you gave us a word of the week? And I was like, that's a really good idea. So I started thinking about this week's podcast and, and what we're talking about with Dave and a word that can really help you when you're out there is celebrate. And what I mean by that is I'm going to, I'm going to give you the thing, the, the little pieces of it. So it's celebrate that you get to play pickleball, celebrate your great shots and your victories, celebrate 
those of your friends as well, meaning celebrate their great shots and their victories. So celebrate the good things that happen on the court, whether you did them or your friends did them out on the pickleball court. And at the end of this, what you're going to do is celebrate your continuing growth as a player. Now, I know that doesn't answer everything. That's not a, there's no salve. There's no, you know, silver bullet that I can give Dave or anybody listening to get you back on track, right? To get you unlost, if you will. But what I can do is give you some indications on things that you can do little by little to strengthen your conscious self when you're out there and to understand your subconscious lizard brain and how it's operating in there and to move away from feeling so bad when you get an L because if you start celebrating, you're going to celebrate everything that happens, including that great comeback victory by your friends who happen to be your opponents in that particular game. So hopefully that helps you, Dave, and everybody else listening about, you know, when you're lost, how to find your way again, keep working at it. And it's a process. Don't forget that. And it'll, it'll definitely, um, it's definitely something to keep working on and keep going. Um, and the riff, I want to talk about targeting. We're going to talk about targeting, which is, uh, you know, pretty common. Uh, sometimes it's perfectly fine as you'll see. Sometimes probably not the best idea in the world to be doing. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to let you know that if you're listening to this anytime near its near its uh, issue, near its publication, we are going to be having a workshop at the uh, towards the end of July. It's the third week in July. The 20th comes to mind, although don't quote me on that one, but it's some, somewhere around there. If you're on our email list, you'll get an email about it or more than one email about it. But basically, it's a workshop to help you understand the soft game, understand how you can really elevate your pickleball by using the soft game. And I'll suggest to you that without the soft game, very, very, very difficult to continue to advance as a player. I learned that lesson. Jill and I learned that lesson early on in our careers, or fairly early on in our careers. And um, check that out. And then you'll also have an opportunity to join us for our next system class, if that's something you've been wanting to do. Um, there's, you know, I'm going to say this probably a thousand times between now and then. There's simply no obstacle to you joining a class other than a decision by you that you don't want to, because we make it that simple for you to join the class. All right, let's talk about uh, Target. Oh, so I'll link below to how you can join our email list if you're not on it already. Um, anyway, so let's talk about targeting. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical and then we'll walk through it, work through it and see what happens. So let's assume that your club, primarily the play at your club is, let's say, 3-5, 3-0 to 3-5, okay, which is pretty av- pretty normal. Pretty normal club is 3-0, 3-5. And that's fine. That's great. You know, that's good play. 3-0, 3-5 play out there. And a friend of one of the players comes to visit town and this player happens to be a very good 4.0 player right? Not quite 4-5, but solid 4.0 player, right? And that player maybe plays a game that's a little bit different than the play that you're used to at your club. So you go out to, you know, you, you, you're going to go out to play and let's say that there's a 3-0, two 3-5s and a 4-0. So maybe the natural thing would be to put the 4-0 together with the 3-0 and the two 3-5s. Uh, and let's say the two 3-5s are very solid 3-5s and 3-0 is a decent 3-0. 4-0, 3-0, two 3-5s, right? That's what you have playing. So the question that arises is, where should the two fives, I'm sorry, where, three fives, where should the three fives hit their shots if they want to win the game? I mean, the answer should be pretty simple, right? They hit all their shots to the 3.0 player. If the three fives want to win that game, if that's their objective, then what they should do clearly is hit all of their shots to the 3.0 player. Now that makes absolute sense if you're in a tournament setting. However, in this case, I'm going to suggest that if you're thinking about the bigger picture, there is a different answer to the question. Because here's the question I would ask you. How often do the two three fives get to learn, grow, and test themselves against this sort of 4.0 play? 
if it's not that often, right? If, you, if, if, if this is the kind of play that is not that frequent at your facility, then wouldn't it behoove the three fives to hit, you know, not all the shots because you don't want to freeze out the three zero either, but doesn't it make sense for the three fives to hit a lot of their shots to the four zero? This is the opportunity for them to grow, for them to see different shots, different approaches to the game. And if they hit all the shots at 3-0, again, there's, you know, it's what what's the what is the advantage to the three fives of doing that? Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that the 3-0 be frozen out and not be hit to. What I'm suggesting is that there's a thought process that that happens oftentimes. That I, I see it oftentimes, and I and I've been subjected to it in many different locations around the country, which is, you know, I'll go out to play. And sometimes I'll be the best player at the facility on that particular, on that given moment, right? And I'll go out to play and I'm happy to play with different levels, but I won't get hit a ball. And let me ask you a question. If I don't get hit a ball, am I ever coming back to play with that group? The answer should be pretty obvious. And the same thing is going to happen with the 4-0 that comes to that club. If the 4-0 comes to the club and gets frozen out, why would that player ever come back, Right? Think of the loss to the group, to the entire group, from not having these better players to play against. And what I find interesting is players always, always, always say, off court, they always say, I want to play against better players, right? I want to get out there and I want to see what better players are doing. I can grow as a player and things like that. And not invariably, but too often, and I would say the vast majority of times, the better player gets on the court and gets frozen out because all the balls go to the weaker player on the court. And again, I'm not suggesting the weaker player shouldn't get any balls, but if, if for the good of the group and, and as you know, and then letting the, the better player know, okay, we appreciate that you're coming here, throw some shots to the better player, even if it costs you the game, right? Don't sit back there with your partner and go, Hey, stop hitting balls to the good player, hit balls to the weaker player. You know, again, it depends on what your objectives are, but I'm telling you this for you personally, as a player, you're better off seeing some shots from the, from the player that might be a little bit better than you right now so you can see what's what's going on out there and also to encourage that player to come back and play with you again. Now, targeting is perfectly fine if you're playing in a tournament. So reserve targeting for when you're playing in tournaments. It's super smart strategy to use in those situations. In rec play, hit shots to the better player and learn what you can from their experience and their level of play. All right, that's this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, rating and review really helps us. If you're interested in joining the therapist program that we're talking about, send me an email at pickleballtherapy at betterpickleball.com or therapy at betterpickleball.com, whichever you like better. Send me That email comes directly to my uh, inbox, so you'll get me directly with that. And then we're trying to see if folks out there would like this idea of coming up with like a, um, you know, a, a way to become a therapist and and, and it's, it's a, it's a, as I mentioned last time, it's not really a commitment to us. It is sort of, but it's not really because we're still going to do the podcast anyway. It's a commitment to yourself. What you're doing is you're saying to yourself, I am going to do this, this, and this. And then that's what the level of, that's what will then let you become a therapist and to keep your, um, and again, we're not using the term therapist medically here. We're using it like in a pickleball context, but basically you're your own therapist and you're committing to what you've done already to get that therapist uh, labeled for yourself or that therapist uh, uh, designation. And then you're going to commit to do a certain amount of work after that to continue to be your own therapist out on the pickleball court. Um, as always, at the end, we always say the same thing. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Remember, if you enjoyed the podcast, they probably will too. There may be some lost souls out there who could hear, who would benefit from hearing Dave's story, knowing they're not alone. 
and hearing some tips on how they might be able to find their way out of the pickleball jungle we sometimes get lost in. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.